This is episode 17 of the Rise Up Podcast. We're a morning radio show hosted by Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life, a network of stations across New York and Pennsylvania. Our podcast is a weekly conversation that will help you think and grow in your faith. If you haven't already, subscribe today so you don't miss a single episode and find out more about our show at familylife.org. We weren't sure how you liked your coffee, so we didn't make any. Hope that's okay. It's Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. Ah, this time of year, so many life-changing events. Mm, Yeah, right. A lot of graduations, Mm a lot of weddings. Yes. Uh, Let's see. Where shall we start? I graduated before I got married. No. I didn't. No? I got married before I graduated. Yeah, yeah. I was at least from college. Yes. Got married with one year left to go in school. Wow. Yeah. Therese? So we just had three graduations, which is weird because I only have two kids, but both of my daughters graduated mm-hmm. with their bachelor's degree. And then my youngest daughter's fiance also graduated. So I count him as one of mine by proxy. <laughs> yes. And uh-huh. uh, my youngest, Ashley, when she finishes her master's, she will be married. And so oh. she's going to be kind of in that same situation that you are, Tim, where she's yeah. going to say, I do, and then just have a couple more months of school, and then she'll have hmm. her master's of social work. So oh. it is a crazy busy time around our house. I asked the kids on the eve of their graduation, just describe for me one word, hmm. like your thoughts for right now. And they were kind of like ready, hmm. just ready for the very next thing. So yes. to be done with this and to be on to the to the next thing. So I think that's where graduation is in my mind. It's like a milestone, you know. Yes. Well, well I I love that word ready cuz I mean so much forgive this, but pomp and circumstance goes into weddings and graduations. Like we have so much preparation for these big days. Everybody's got to get an invitation. Everybody's got to go to one of these events. And Why I appreciate graduations is, if we were really given the choice, the wedding is the more fun one to be at. There's cake, there's food, there's dancing, there's all this stuff. (laughs) There's cake. But at a graduation, okay, you gotta go. You love the person. You gotta go. You're the one graduating. But nobody really wants to be there at the graduation, is my argument. But here's why I think I like that better. It's such a good understanding that the event isn't about itself. We get so distracted when we're planning weddings and stuff like it's about the big day. No, it's about what it begins. Graduation. It's not about graduation. Nobody wants to stay there any longer than they have to. Those kids can't wait to throw that hat and stand up and walk out of that place. It's like they can't wait to get going because they can't wait to get started on what's next. And that's just what I appreciate about graduations. Maybe even if you've got some coming up this season, thinking, ah, I'm sitting through this, got to wait to get through this. Yeah, because it's all about what's coming next, what is about to begin. You know, up until recently, when I say recently, several years ago, the one word that comes to mind with graduation, I'll start there first, was boring um, for the same reasons you touched on a little bit. I was thinking about my own graduation, other graduations I attended. It was like, can't wait to get through it, to, yeah. to, to get out of it. And then something switched and changed several years ago. And it took me a little while to figure like why, because I went to my son's, uh, his undergrad graduation, expecting the same thing, expecting the boring, because that's all I had expect, you know, seen and experienced anyway, uh, in my life up until then, like it's an event, fine, let's go. Um, but then I realized that this was the first truly God focused, God centered 
graduation that I had ever attended. Hmm. And there was praise and worship before at his university. And then there was a great message. And I found myself shocked uh, in the middle of it. Tears were flowing out of. And I'm like, wait a minute. Hmm. This is a graduation. <laughs> Why am I getting so emotionally involved? And there were several reasons. One, the number one, as I've already touched on, it was a God-centered thing, and I'd never been to one before. But also, it was about the very special time and relationships my son had developed over those four years. And all of a sudden, I was thinking, because I knew a lot of these kids, and it's like, oh, wow, he, maybe they realize it, maybe they don't, that that relationship is going to be different now. Uh, everybody's going to mm-hmm. go their separate way, right. and they're going to look back on these times as like, wow, these were wonderful, wonderful times. So it was really interesting. It changed my mind on graduation. I went to his graduate school graduation and kind of felt the same thing, uh, mm-hmm. this this feeling. And I realized like, what's the difference? And to me, I'm just saying my own personal experience as I uh, exp- listened to my mind and like, what's going on? It was, it was God-centered. It was relationship-centered. And that meant a lot more. And uh, so it wasn't boring anymore. It was actually very, very emotional yeah. for graduation. I enjoyed the kids' graduation, too, because of that same thing. The speaker was incredible. You know, and she delivered this terrific message mm-hmm. about God and your purpose. And uh, and it was just the right amount of time, you know, like when a sermon is like just right. long enough. Right. And it was just really well done. But it was a time of kind of reflecting as I was looking at those kids thinking, man, four years ago, would they have imagined, you know, at this point, how right. their lives would be intertwined, especially, you know, with Ashley and Matthew. And as I'm sitting next to you know, my daughter's future in-laws, you know, it Mm. was like how our families are beginning to be bound together. But something else that I observed at their graduation, it was one of those where like they would announce the graduate's name and then the family would cheer. So you would kind of be like, oh, that graduate's got family over there. You know, there'd be (laughs) cheers from the group of graduates and you're like, wow, that person's really loved among their peers. But there was an interesting thing. There were two schools that when they graduated, the graduates all cheered for each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was just kind of an observation. You know, business school goes through, you hear the families, you know, this school goes through math, you hear the families, physics goes through, you hear the families. The, the teachers and the social workers all cheered for each other. So it was so interesting to me that that those schools that are really about supporting other people, I mean, that's what the, the profession is about, right? Yeah. They were so interested in supporting each other. And I realized how much they had kind of come to become a tribe over the years. And having a social work graduate, I got I was a little sad because mm. I thought she's going to be walking away from all these cheerleaders in mm. her life, you know, and they will go their separate ways. Now we go to weddings. Mm-hmm. And t- Teresa, you used two words just then talking about the graduates. You talked about, uh, well, not words, but one of the phrases like, oh, they they don't know. They wouldn't have thought four years ago or what they would have right. experienced and what they have to look forward to. And then uh, you just said about cheering for each other. That reminds me of weddings. Well, how about on your wedding day, if you would have known what's in the future? Right. What you're Mm -hmm. expecting, what you're not expecting, the expectations and some things uh, are smooth. Some aren't so smooth. Some you don't really know. But uh, being cheerleaders for each other, husband and wife being cheerleaders uh, is such a big thing, uh, because one day one of you is going to be down and the next day the other one's going to be down and you need to be cheerleaders for each other. And, oh, that road ahead. You need cheerleading for each other. Yeah. And I think attending weddings helps to 
be part of that cheerleading process. Right. You know, you go to weddings together now as a married couple and uh, it's a very different feeling. Like, so my wife and I, we just celebrated our seventh anniversary. We remember going to weddings together before we were married. And it was just like, man, I can't get done with school or get done with the school year so we can <laughs> we can finally get to that day ourselves. You go to weddings after you're married and it's like it's all these memories of, oh, wow. Yeah. This this commitment, this 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 the the gravity of this commitment, the joy of this relationship in so many ways, it's almost like you get to participate in a sort of renewing of your vows just right. by hearing other people's vows again. And that's a super special process. And I'm looking forward to the weddings I'm going to this summer for that very reason. I, I think I'm married to like a dude's dude because we were sitting at a wedding a couple years ago and I said to my husband, isn't it neat? Like when you go to a wedding, it just makes me think about our wedding and our vows and all of those commitments. And he was like, not really. And I was like, okay, so for him, it's not right. like that. But, you know, it's funny because um, we're, we're at an interesting point in our marriage where um, – you know, you've you've not been married very long at seven years, right. Tim, you know, and I feel like um, you two have such a great foundation and such a great future ahead of you. We still have those moments at 20 something years where I'm like, man, are we going to make it through this? But by the grace of God, and it seems like every couple months, some other couple about our age splits up mm -hmm. and it it grieves my heart, you know, because I think I don't. I don't know what we have that makes it different, you know, except um, the tenacity and the faith to just say we don't give up that easy, you know, and and to be able to go to God and say, OK, what does he desire for this relationship? And uh, it's funny, there's a, a book called The Sacred Marriage. I think it's Dr. Gary Chapman who wrote it. And the very first chapter of this, if I remember nothing else from this book, it's this. It said, what if marriage is not designed to make you happy, but it's designed to make you holy? Mm -hmm. And if it's going to make you holy, then it has to be the most trying and refining relationship in your whole life which means it probably won't be easy. You know, and if it's truly going to refine you, the refiner's fire is, it's difficult, you know? It, and not that there's not joy and fun and all of those good things in hard marriages, but maybe it's just that I'm more stubborn than you are, and so I need more refining. But, <laughs> but it's it sometimes is hard, and you don't want to tell people that right before they're getting married. Um, but that is one of the realities of it is that it will change you. Don't you think, Steve, with all that you and Audrey have been through? Oh, yeah. It definitely changes you uh, for the better if you, like you said, you know, stick in it, stick through it, have God in the center of it and uh, let him lead you and not get and you get your selfish ways out of the way and mm -hmm. let God's uh, way uh, lead the way. Tim, you mentioned about being at a wedding now yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think now more since you've been married, you're also there as always for a purpose. Mm -hmm. The pastor will always say, you are witnesses. You are here to encourage this right. newly married couple. So um, as a married couple, now you look at that, at least I look at it differently than I did before I was married. It's mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, I have a purpose here that I have to, you know, as as well as I can, as much as I can, keep an eye on this couple 
and encourage this couple. And if they are going through some of those troubles that you talk about, Therese, uh, that be I'm their cheerleaders. Exactly. Huh. Be yeah. Their, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a there's a purpose there. And uh, graduations and weddings are they're great events. But uh, and especially when you put God in the center of them, yeah. uh, because what a future you have may always not be smooth. But God's mm-hmm. in the middle of it, and uh, he'll get you over the bumps, through the bumps, and he'll be with you through all of it. Come closer to the radio so we can see you. Wow, you look great today. This is Rise Up on Family Life. Uh, she's gone viral on TikTok. <laughs> she doesn't even know what TikTok is. A uh, Granny <laughs> Gina is her name. She is 83 years old, and she has an iPad. Oh, therein lies the rub. Her granddaughters <laughs> gave her the iPad, you know, so they could keep in touch. Yeah. Only Granny Gina doesn't really know how oh, to use it. Right. So she'll take random selfies. <laughs> She'll accidentally FaceTime strangers. She posts things that she shouldn't. You posted this album of photos to a group on Facebook. Can you take it out? Oh, that's nice. I look good. You posted this. Oh, no, the piat. Oh, I honest, honestly, no. This, you posted this. A lot of photos of yourself. This. That's not my cat. This. They're going to be so confused why you posted this. You know, I'm more confused than them. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Granny Gina, we love her. By the way, her granddaughters say they're not posting these things on TikTok to make fun of her. They think it's pretty amazing that even though she's obviously struggling with this Uh new technology, she is not giving up. Anyone else wish morning started just a little later? Yeah, we get that. It's Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. Oops. I can't. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I had everything planned, what I was going to tell you. And now I realize I, I can't even, I can't tell you huh? uh, what I was going to. You gonna, can't tell us? No, I had everything planned. It just dawned on me that I can't tell you this. What? It's about, huh. well, it's about the best place to hide your cash. Oh, understandable. Coins, but, understandable. So I was going to tell you, but then it's like if I tell you. But then we'll know where your cash is because yeah, right. you just have so much of it. Like you're just rolling <laughs> in the dough, you know. Well, all right. I'll tell you then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah. Well, I just thought it was clever. and it's very it's clever. Very, okay. This is very clever. Mm-hmm. You know the uh, the tubes, the canister, the small canister of chapstick. Not the... Not the two, not the, not the this kind. Not the squeeze kind. Not the squeezy kind. Like okay. this little thing that the I carry no, that I'm the, always putting up, uh, like one, one of roll. these yeah, little guys? One, yes, yes. Yeah. That one. Okay. When you're finished and it's totally done, don't throw uh-huh. it out. You just roll your dollar bill oh. real small and put it in oh. the, the, uh, that's you can hide your dollar like bill. like $7 in here. That's well, it. Well, extra, I mean, well, not if you have the one. Bill. Yeah, depend. Yeah. What if you have seven $100 bills? Hey. No. <laughs> well, if I have seven $100 bills, lunch is on me. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's my thing that I, I, I can't tell you. are feeling Sorry. a little dry. Steve, can I borrow your chapstick? Uh, no. I, I, I just, I, okay. Maybe, No. <laughs> That's weird either way, okay? (laughs) Even if you're just trying to get money out of him. (laughs) It's okay. You can go back to bed in about 16 hours. In the meantime, thanks for listening to Rise Up on Family Life. I think a lot of times we use stories, entertainment, to escape Mm. from the real world. Because sometimes what we can imagine in our heads just seems more amazing, more fanciful than what we find in our real world. Except 
for when truth turns out to be at least as strange as fiction, like in the case of this underground forest. It's been discovered in China, 600 feet underground. There's a sinkhole, massive sinkhole that goes 600 feet under the surface of the earth. And at the bottom, some very brave researchers rappelled (laughs) down into that hole over 600 feet. They found dense vegetation, towering trees. They probably expected a dinosaur or two might jump out at them, though none did. But they are saying there could be life down here that science has never observed before. I mean, we haven't been able to get scientists to this part of the earth. We didn't realize forests could grow 600 feet underground. It's just another reminder of the fact that, yeah, there's a day of virtual reality we live in, science fiction escape all around us in our movies and things. But these fantasy worlds, they're all only inspired by the real world God created for us to live in. It's amazing. Come on, you don't need any more beauty sleep. You look great. Thanks for listening to Rise Up on Family Life. It's been so long since we've mentioned that crazy sandwich you like to eat, Steve. Ah, uh, my pitunki sandwich. Peanut butter, <laughs> tuna, and turkey. <laughs> Sorry, I just I shouldn't say that because I haven't tried it. But there's a there's this guy named Barry um, who's tried a lot of sandwiches. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a sandwich expert. And it, it kind of started because he found these old sandwich cookbooks, like from the 1920s. Oh. And he was like... Okay, this I got to try. And there have been some pleasant surprises. He says one of the best is the Parmesan sandwich. It's actually made on saltines, not bread. It's ketchup and grated Parmesan cheese. But he says it's shockingly delicious. So maybe you want to give that one a try. Some are terrible, terrible. I mean, there's the dairy sandwich, which is two buttered slices of bread with Swiss cheese inside. He said there's just like... Oh, well, I mean, nothing to it. I mean, it, if you flip that bread around, it would be a pretty, you know, slap and grilled cheese, but yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. how you serve that one. There's the open faced hot sardine sandwich. Oh, mm. no, 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 big I'm nope. Not, I'm not going mm, there. It's got cheese sauce on it. That's all you have to hear. The worst <laughs> of all the sandwiches, though. Okay, please. Even worse than the pitunki. Yeah, um, is the oyster sandwich. Uh, you take raw oysters yeah. oh, no. and you chop them into olive oil and you slap them between bread. Barry says it's like eating slime. No, 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 no you don't take, you don't, you no. take the raw oysters. No, you take the raw No, you take the raw oysters. No, you me out of it. God is like the sun, always there and always shining, even when you can't see him. This is Rise Up on Family Life.